0: Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various aspects of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane,
1: And I'm Rick Gromlick.
0: And today, we're getting today. into, Gromlick please, Joel 3. Joel chapter 3. Verses 1 through 16. Yes. What do we get into outside of that?
1: Joel chapter 3. What are some of these?
0: Going well. Rob, uh did you read the text i did
1: yeah so in joel we see joel beginning to wrap up kind of his plea to the people and begin to talk about the day of judgment and how he is going to judge the nations around them joel's so, going to
0: judge the nations how the lord is going to oh, judge okay. thanks okay. for clarifying that, that. that that's good clarification yes. Glad to hear that we also hear about farm equipment mm-hmm. being turned into weapons that's right stay so, tuned you're gonna enjoy Nice. To know. <laughs> uh, no, uh, what are you yes, I was
1: gonna uh, say next
0: see, see how long you keep that going
1: would you be surprised if i like i would be really word.
0: surprised yeah very, very impressed, impressed. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing rob i'm doing well i'm doing Good. it's nice to be recording in person it is here we are i'm here you're there uh, that, face to face <laughs> that's well said
1: mono be mono
0: i'm here you're there <laughs> that's accurate. Trying to be real descriptive for the listener. Appreciate that. We are in your office.
1: We are. Which has been a your
0: minute. Your studio.
1: A minute since we've been in here together yeah, it's to been.
0: record. You've changed some things. The desk is in the same spot. What, what We're I able say? to sit right across from each other yeah. like normal, which is great. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. door's moved.
1: Yeah. Trap door has moved. <laughs> or no. just the regular door. Just the regular door. Yeah. We um, has moved from the south side to the east side um, because we redid our kitchen.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the kitchen got bigger. Does it
1: feel dis was it disorienting when you came in? Slightly. Yeah.
0: It feels like a different room.
1: Mm. Well probably that's because it's cluttered full of construction stuff.
0: It does have a lot of construction stuff. So, that's okay.
1: Yeah. It's marks of progress right there. In my opinion.
0: Your kitchen looks great. Well thank you, Bob. I, I appreciate that. Well done.
1: It's um we're close to being like the, just the final touches, but it's the final good. touches
0: oftentimes take the longest mm-hmm. because the kitchen fi- the kitchen's functional.
1: Yeah. Who needs to finish it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it, it took us a while because we were like oh, this little thing, like, it's not a yeah, big deal. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Like, no one notices it. Right. Like, it's functionally fine. doesn't change anything. And so you just don't feel as urgent to get it done. Whereas, like, getting countertops on. Right. It's like, okay, we got to get countertops on. Otherwise, yeah. we can't set anything on anything. So, yeah. It's oftentimes, yeah. those last finishing touches can take the longest. They
1: can. Which is um, analogous to, I say that word right? Analogous. 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 Uh, thank you, Rob. For You're that. welcome to um, many spiritual things mm-hmm. where we can make a lot of progress and then we just kind of neglect some of the more detailed areas. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm not doing, you know, I'm not cheating on my spouse anymore. I'm not, you know, whatever, cheating on my taxes. Mm-hmm. So I'm a good person. But um, I don't know what's going on in the other room. I don't either. I know the kids are mm-hmm. in the other room. Kids so. are about.
0: They're underfoot. So when you were doing construction, you didn't put soundproofing mm-hmm.
1: in? You know, I decided not to because mm-hmm. I like that organic, raw family. Yeah feel yeah
0: i'm sure the listeners do too yeah they do that's why they, that's why they tune in <laughs> so
1: anyway kitchen's almost done it's great we're, we're living in it life's good good um yeah
0: that's good how you been
1: good man uh, i think for the most part we're getting ready for the baby baby russ, uh, R-U-S-S. S-S. here in russ, russ, russ. less than three weeks so 20 days that's wild yeah i think i'm ready for it but at the same time I don't even know if I've stopped to think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm ready. But then you're like, are you really ready? Mm-hmm. hmm I
0: don't know. At least it's your third time around. And so... Yeah, you've, which you've,
1: some people say is the worst. But some people have said... Yeah, but I've... I, yeah, I, I'll. we'll see here in a little bit. Yeah. But I just think the first one has to be the big whopper. Even though, like, you can still take your first kid with you. Like, you can relatively easily keep going the same pace of life when you have a kid. It's still difficult.
0: Yeah. But yeah. The biggest change. Uh, hey, yo. I picked it right outside the door. Yeah. But it, so for us, it was a much bigger change going from zero to one than one, one to two. Absolutely. Because I just didn't realize how selfish I was. Mm. Like one to two was tough. Mm-hmm. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I, I should actually rephrase that. Zero to one was like more jarring initially. And then. To your point, like you can kind of get into a rhythm where yes. nap time, you can get stuff yep. taken care of. So initially, zero to one was tougher. And then going from one to two, like in the elongated daily grind, yes. was tougher.
1: Yeah. Um, that's what I'm a little bit concerned about. Is yeah. like, I think the first few months will be fine because we've had newborns. We're used to that. I think the six month, like in six months, like we'll see how that goes. Because, because yeah. we'll. He'll be, obviously, he'll be three and a half, or he'll be four, and Levi will be two. And so, there'll probably be a lot more fighting between those two. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, enough about me, Rob. Enough Mm. about me and my life, my sagas. Um, There's multiple sagas in my life.
0: Multiple. What about you, Rob? I'm I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah, I'm doing well. The church is coming up on their one-year anniversary. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's really exciting. Looking forward to is that. Is there a
1: big party for that? Like a gala or a gala? or?
0: Which one? Which is it? I don't know. I, um, I think it's a gala. Is it? I mean, it probably depends on where you're from. If you're English, you might say it a little bit differently. But no, we will not be throwing a gala. We, Lord willing, will get a nice little dinner uh-huh. and invite members and people who are. Um, serving and just kind of, yeah, that's still all in the works. So, if anyone's listening, <laughs> it's not been announced. There's a reason for that. Bum, bum, bum. We're Sorry, still figuring it out, but it probably won't be in December, it'll probably be in January, just so we can give people mm. a proper heads up. Yeah. Other than like, hey, next week, by the way, hope you're available.
1: Yeah, it's not like it's holiday season or anything. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, that's exciting. See the Lord's providence and goodness for the last year.
0: Dude, it really it really is. Praise God for that. So, doing well. Got myself a nice coffee here. Yeah. From your generous coffers. So, thank mm-hmm. you for that. You're welcome. You're and awesome. now we can talk about Joel. Joel. Joel chapter, chapter three. Chapter 3 Let's So, dig in, Rob. All right. You reading or am I? We're going to do verses it. one through 16. You said me?
1: Yeah, you're reading the KJV?
0: I am not. I'm reading Why don't the ESV. you right now? It's, it's distant cousin. Reach
1: it. Read it. This will be interesting.
0: No, I'm not reading it in the KJV. Why not? Because I don't feel comfortable reading it in the KJV. I haven't read it in the KJV, so it'll sound disjointed and it won't be beneficial for the listener. No, oh, Robert. Here we go. In the ESV, starting in is the one. This is
1: the authorized. I'm probably offending someone at this point, but...
0: Here we go. That's what one of our uh, elder canons, Jonathan, he calls it the authorized because he tries to distance himself from KJV-only people. He does prefer the King James for various reasons, but he's not a KJV-only guy. And so to distance himself from that, he'll sometimes say authorized version.
1: It's interesting because a lot of people I know who are KJV-only use that language of authorized.
0: Oh, really? As yeah. like it's the only authorized? Yeah, this is the yeah. a- actual authorized version. Okay, here we go. Paul used to Chapter it. Chapter one. That's right. For behold... In those days, and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there, on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel, because they have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land, and have cast lots for my people, and have traded a boy for a prostitute, and have sold a girl for wine, and have drunk it. What are you to me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the regions of Philistia? Are you paying me back for something? If you are paying me back, I will return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily. For you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried my rich treasures into your temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their own border. Behold, I will stir them up from the place to which you have sold them. And I will return your payment on your own head. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabaeans, to a nation far away, for the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Consecrate for war. Stir up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. Hasten and come all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there. Bring down your worri- your warriors, O Lord. Let the nations stir themselves up and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their evil is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth quake. But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel.
1: Good job, Rob. I mean, it would have been better than the authorized, but I'm sure it would that, have been. Was, that was really good. Thank you. Yeah, so we see, you know, Joel's, Beginning to wind down his argument, chapter one and chapter two, talking about the the idolatry of the people in the land, all the issues with um, people turning from God hmm. and wanting to do their own thing, and he's finally like, "Hey, listen, judgment day is coming, and um, not only is it like, hey, there's some wickedness going on, but it's rampant. Yeah. Like the language of like, man, put in the sickle, come in the wine press, like it's overflowing." Hmm. And I think for us, we often look around and we just, as Christians, the culture is is, uh, such a, I was going to say the word deplorable, but that has so many different connotations. Yeah, But it is, like, to use the actual word, like, there's just depravity, wickedness, it's rampant everywhere, people are doing what they want to do, what's right in their own eyes. And that's not a new thing, per se, right? But it is a hard thing to know what, like, what does our wickedness as a culture, how does that compare to the wickedness of... You know, 1960s or 50s Soviet Russia, or 1930s uh, Germany, or yeah, you know, I think about Joel and Micah's day. You know, 700 years before Christ, yeah. 700 BC. Like, where's all that? How does it all compare? And at what point does the Lord begin to like just bring His judgment?
0: Yeah, good point. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure at the end of the day, when the Lord does bring His judgment, the fact of the matter is that every generation is going to be shown as guilty, mm-hmm. as guilty of rebelling against God. And so, whether this was written to, or even though this was written to enemies of Israel mm-hmm. hundreds of years before the Christ, it's also very applicable to us in that if we are not in Christ and we are still lumped in with the enemies of God mm-hmm. at that judgment day that he talks about in the Valley of Decision, the Valley of Jehoshaphat, mm-hmm. that that is coming. And when he talks about all the nations, he he's referring to all the oppressors of God's people. And he's when he talks about the Valley of Jehoshaphat, and we, we read that a couple times, you see it in verse two, but you see it also throughout the passage. And then you also see the Valley of Decision. So those two places are, are the same place, just different yeah. wording for each one. Mm-hmm. But there's just gonna be a time where the Lord brings the enemies of God, yeah. brings his enemies to a place of judgment. And all those who have not been reconciled to God, mm-hmm. there's going to be a decision cast, and there's only going to be one person who's making that decision. Yeah, and all all mouths will be stopped, mm-hmm. and the Lord will have the final say.
1: Yeah, which is a, a wonderful gift. There's there's a comment uh, here on the Transformation E.S.C. Transformation Bible, which says sometimes we forget that the grace of God includes the defeat and judgment of the spiritual enemies of his people. Despite the efforts of these enemies of God to disrupt his plan and to, d- to destroy his people, they are the ones who will be judged. Right, this idea that this is a, a, gr- a good thing, uh, that out of the grace of God included in his grace is his judgment and his dealings um, for the wicked and for the oppressor. And like that's a, that is, um, that's something that should bring encouragement to us. One, knowing that the world is, there's, there's people who are oppressing us, and we're looking for vindication now, yep. right? We want to see, especially, I think, as Westerners, as Americans, we have this idea of justice and our rights, and we they're not to be infringed upon, and, and they shouldn't be, but we expect the human justice system to bring justice completely, mm-hmm. and it does not. It is actually a part of God's grace to, at the right time, bring justice yeah. and judge the wicked,
0: yeah, that's good. So, okay, why why is the Lord here? Because we read about Tyre. Because he we read was never created. He's always been here. Yeah, right. Sorry, I didn't finish my question. Oh, sorry, sorry, Rob. We ahead. read about Tyre. We read about Sidon. We read about these various enemies of the Lord, the regions of Philistia. Why is the Lord bringing these places to judgment?
1: So these are places that have been um, oppressing the nation of Israel, and the Lord— And his goodness and sovereignty at times even used these people to judge his own people, right, and to bring discipline. But at the same time, when they occupied the land, they didn't praise the Lord. They didn't acknowledge the Lord's work in that. They just thought, well, we're pretty darn good. Look, we took over, like, God's country, right? Yep. Which is ironic. um, Anyway, we won't go down that path. (laughs) (laughs) I see you're going down now. (laughs) Anyway, so so you see that the Lord then judging them for their wickedness and their pride and their arrogance, and so people that uh, nations who have been oppressing nations who have been um, pestering, deceiving the nation of Israel, the nation of Judah for centuries essentially, and so the Lord is is bringing their judgment, bringing judgment to them, which I think Je- Jehoshaphat means like the Lord judges, yeah, right. He's he will judge, which is not. Um, So if you believe that there is a God, and and you must believe he's above our human capacity as far as his knowledge, his understanding, his wisdom, and, like, where would you rather lay the judgment of the things of the world, Hmm. right? Into the the, the hands of humans with, like, all their fickle hearts, or... Into the hands of God, who who is above our wisdom and our our plane, and can see all things. Yep. Even if you're not saying the, I'm, I'm clinging to the God of the Bible, which we'd say there is only one God, it is the God of the Bible. Yeah. But people who are offended at it, this idea of a God who judges—if God cannot judge, who can judge? Yeah. And if and, and and we all have to judge, judgments have to be rendered. Yeah. So anyway, just like a, from a human perspective of man. How does judgment work? Why is it good? Why is it bad? And who's God to judge? Well, who who else would you rather have judging? Mm, yeah. Who else is going to be the moral law giver? Mm-hmm. Um, is it me or is it, you know, some guy from 3,000 years ago or 300 years ago or, or 30 years in the future? Like, who is it? Yep. It's not God,
0: so. Yeah, that's good. One it's, of the things, the we just had a, a men's class where we were talking about how to study the Bible, and one of the things that we brought up was the OIA model, observe, interpret, apply. Mm-hmm. We talked about things to observe. So, you talk about like people and phrases and places, and we just notice here some of the, some of the nouns, that people, places, things mm-hmm. that are, are being brought up here are Tyre, Sidon, and Philistia, and the ESV Study Bible points out that Tyre and Sidon were Phoenician cities along the Mediterranean coast, and that relations between Israel and Phoenicia were occasionally good, but sometimes Phoenicia was a polluting influence. Philistia... On the other hand, was a longtime enemy of Israel, mm. and so God saying, "I will return your payment" means that He's going to restore His people, but His pay- he, he will also, in that restoration of His people, be bringing payment back upon His enemies. Yeah. So whether they're a longtime yeah. enemy mm-hmm. or whether they're a um, we're, we're good and then we're sometimes an enemy, so whether you are Hitler on one yeah. side. Or you're a decent citizen, but you're just not following Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Whichever part of that spectrum you're in, ultimately you fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. And if you fall short, then, and if you have sin, then the wages of that sin is death. And that death comes from God rendering final judgment Mm -hmm. upon you, is that you will be separated. You will have to pay for your sin for all eternity, and that's spiritual death. So, unless the Lord comes back, we'll Mm -hmm. all face physical death. Right. However, will you face spiritual death of having to pay for your sin for all eternity? The the Lord is showing for us that whether you are a long time enemy or whether you are just a uh, you know everyday enemy, yeah, so right, to speak, for right. lack of a better term, just
1: an average, yeah. run, run the mill enemy, uh-huh. yeah.
0: you're still an enemy. Yes, and that judgment's coming.
1: Yeah, and 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 um, we we can often think of people who are moral. Like you can be a very moral pe- person and just be as wicked as the most
0: outwardly wicked person. Yeah. Because, oh jeez. There goes his headphone. <sighs> you can't hear anything that we're saying now.
1: Rob, can you hear me? <laughs> no, but you can be highly moral from a, a worldly standard, but you don't. You're not attributing any of that to the Lord. Yeah. And so that's wickedness. That well, way.
0: And, and just just to clarify. Clarify, as it, baby. Speak, I'm thinking of people who. Who may not quite understand why that would be. Like, why would Mother Teresa be considered an enemy of God? How could that possibly be? You think she was? From what I've read, yeah, it does not sound like she was a follower of Jesus. Now, Mm. here, she did a lot of moral things. That's right. But at the end of the day, if it is not for the king, Mm. if it's not for King Jesus, then it's for something else. Whether that's yourself or whether that's someone else, Mm -hmm. whatever is at the bottom of your motivations. Yeah. That is your king. It's idolatry. Yeah. And if you are following another king, then that means you are not following the true king. And if you are not following the true king, then that means you're part of another kingdom. Yeah. And you are an enemy Mm -hmm. of the true king. And there will be judgment. He's talking about calling the nations. All you nations. He's talking about physical nations here. Mm -hmm. But all you who are in another kingdom serving another king. Yeah. Whether that's career, or whether that's money, or whether that's status, or that's education, whatever that thing is, whatever motivates you, that is your king. And if you are serving another king, then you're mm-hmm. part of that kingdom. Yeah. And so the Lord is calling all these kingdoms to the valley of decision. Yeah. And there's going to be a day when there's a decision made about their eternal state, and if they are not following the true king, King Jesus, then they will be separated from him. Yeah. So that's why... Someone like Mother Teresa, I know you're about mm-hmm. to say something, but that's why no, someone can. who, like Mother Teresa, even though she did a lot of moral things to society, she was serving another king. Yeah, now, I don't mean to single out Mother Teresa, you can take anybody you think of who's a moral person who's not following Jesus, yeah. they're serving another king other than King yeah. Jesus.
1: And this is, this is why our, the clarity of the gospel is so vital, is if you're not clear on, on what it means to like follow the Lord... We, we call it say Lordship salvation right that you Jesus didn't just save you but you, he's now your Lord yeah and all things just to submit to him respond and follow after him uh, if you're not clear in that message it brings great confusion and it can propagate a false gospel.
0: yeah so yeah. verse nine yes we read what the Lord has said So the author here uh, Joel is writing and he says for the Lord has spoken. And from verse 9 to verse 16 in this passage, and he continues on, but um, for our sake, we're stopping at verse 16. Mm -hmm. But starting in verse 9, the first thing the Lord says is, Proclaim this among the nations. Consecrate for war. Stir up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. It's interesting to note that the Lord, as he talks about this day of the Lord, mm-hmm. this coming judgment, he's saying to the nations, Hey, get ready. Yeah. Like there is going to be a clear butting of the heads mm-hmm. and the enemies come ready for battle. And he says, Get the mighty men ready. He says, Take even even the tools and the equipment that you're using for your crops Mm -hmm. (laughs) he says beat your plowshares into swords turn your farming equipment into weapons do everything you can to get ready for this and he says even let the weak say i'm a warrior those who would be unfit for war let them say hey i'm i'm coming to fight too i'm coming to represent my kingdom too
1: yes and there's there's all this i mean all this language like going yeah i remember (laughs) this is a random thing so probably has no point, but like all these like apocalyptic movies, there's one from like the, the nineties or eighties. It's probably, I think it's the nineties and it had like, um, uh, lousy actors, but they're talking about like, you know, the, the, this is like a pre mill position or a, a, um, pre-rapture position. The Lord has come right. Very dispensational of the take. And, um, I just remember there's a scene with, with Mr. T. He's in this movie, right? Seriously? Mr. So, oh, Mr. T T's fantastic. in the movie, and they're, like, living out of this, like, warehouse because, like, it's the apocalypse or whatever, and they're, like, trying to build an army, and I just remember him quoting this verse right here. Really? Um Yeah, just quoting verse 10. Meet your plowshares into swords, and you're putting hooks into spears. Let the week say, I'm a, I'm a warrior. It's like, so, I always remember that verse. What from, movie is this? Dude, I, it's been 20 years. Oh, that's fantastic. We um, yeah, gotta look that up. But anyway, Mr. T's in a movie, and he quotes Mr. Joel T. chapter 3,
0: verse 10. Joel. That's awesome. So anyway,
1: just want to for just the joy of that little comment.
0: Yeah, but but it, but it is note or fascinating to notice that he says, "Hasten and come." This is verse eleven. Mm-hmm. He's telling telling nations like, "Hey, get ready for this yep. battle, Yep. and come quickly. Hasten, hasten yeah. and come, all you strong nations, gather yourselves there. Like all of you, come together, come mm-hmm. against me together. Like just be absolutely prepared. Come." to engage in this battle, Mm -hmm. stir yourselves up, verse 12, let the nations stir themselves up, get yourselves ready for this, and come to the Valley of Jehoshaphat where I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. You want to talk about a scene. Yeah. All these mighty warriors and even those who are not fit for battle Mm -hmm. doing whatever they can to get ready for battle, taking weapons – And getting those ready, sharpening swords, and then taking things that aren't even weapons and trying to turn them into weapons. He's like, come here. Yes. And I'm going to sit. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to stand up because I don't need to. Yeah. He says, come here. I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Like, this valley of decision, the Lord isn't even going to have to stand up. They're going to be as ready as possible for this battle. And the Lord in his Mm -hmm. power won't even have to stand up from his throne.
1: Yeah, and it goes on to depict, a again, a kind of a graphic. It doesn't naturally depict graphic, but it is graphic. Like, put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe, right? The wickedness is rampant. Yeah. Um, Go and tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their evil is great. Mm-hmm. Multitudes, multitudes, in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision. It's just this, what's about to take place. I mean, you, for us, you think about movies... Right. Mm-hmm. We've seen like great battles, and there's thousands and thousands yeah. of people. Right. So, so,
0: what is it? Is it Lord of the Rings, the Twin Towers, or the Two Towers? Not the Twin Towers. <laughs> it came out around the same time. So, I always American think that history one. Yeah, American history, American yeah, exactly. education. The Two Towers, where they're like all the armies are up on like a hill and they kind of like come yeah. down. Yeah. And they're not all the armies, but one of the armies. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I think of. Yes. Yeah, like this valley. Massive. Yeah. Just a sea of people.
1: Right. But if you're not. So before, anytime before then, like you didn't have movies, like you just in CGI, you had to like visualize it Uh or you've seen like great battles historically, but this idea of um, what's about to take place, like these people are gathering, the wicked, all these people who are, who have been like for generations kind of just angry at, not kind of, but like just wreathing at God, angry, Mm -hmm. an enemy of God. Yeah. And they're like, all right, like we're, we're all here. Like, What are you going to do now? Like, we've like all the armies of the world have assembled together to, to fight, yeah. And the Lord's like, All right,
0: like multitudes, yeah, let's multitudes. Have let's like, have at it. There are a lot of people here, yeah. <laughs> like, there's a ton. And it's funny, he says, For the harvest is ripe, yeah. which that we were just talking about earlier mm-hmm. in the book, mm-hmm. how the locusts had destroyed the harvest, yeah. like, yeah. right? There, there was previously nothing, and now he says, The harvest is ripe, not referring necessarily to food, right? But hey. There's rampant wickedness. The rampant,
1: it's reached its full term. Yeah, the wine
0: presses full, the vats mm-hmm. overflow. For their evil yep. is great.
1: And just as a picture of the darkness, verse fifteen: the sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. Mm-hmm. And then verse sixteen: the Lord roars from Zion. Which, like that, just a, beginning to like imagine that for for a moment. Yeah. What's that, what, what's that look like? It utters his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth quake, but the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. And so often we'll read these passages and we'll begin to, to either find ourselves like, man, we're, we're, we're a part of this great battle. Like we're going to do something like, yeah, let's get it. Like, like the Mr. T movie. Yeah. You know, like let's all do that. Like we're going to do our part, right? We got to pick yep. up arms and we have to defend like the Lord needs us or something. And then the the end of verse sixteen. But the Lord is a refuge to His people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. And just how the Lord is our refuge. We're not in our flesh. We're looking to f- fight something because mm-hmm. we want to. We want to win, and I want to be victorious. I want to be a victor. I want to be like a champion. But that's not how this works. Yeah. The Lord is a champion. The Lord is a victor, yeah. and I. He is my refuge, and I'm. I'm just like hiding under his shadow yeah, behind him, right? That's it. That's it. Like, it's not like me out there, like, all right, guys, we're gonna take this, you know, platoon, and we're gonna attack that hill or whatever. It's us being defended by the Lord.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. You weren't created because the Lord needed you. You weren't <laughs> right. saved because right. the Lord needed you to build his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the Lord's work. This is the Lord's doing. Yeah. You have a privilege of being a part of it, but everything needs to point back to, to the Lord. And as, as we go about our various ministries we consistently need to remember that it's the lord mm-hmm. that yes. builds this church it's exactly. the lord that overcomes evil that overcomes darkness it's also interesting to note in verse 15 the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdraw their shining and we see god's judgment mm-hmm. taking place with things getting dark yeah and then we see in matthew 27 with the death of jesus See that while he's on the cross, from the sixth hour, there was darkness mm-hmm. over all the land until the ninth hour. So during Jesus' crucifixion, where we yeah. see God's judgment being poured out on Christ, yeah, on the cross on behalf of His people, we see God's judgment. It's getting dark, yeah, just like this judgment that we read about in Joel. Mm-hmm. It's getting dark. God's pouring out His judgment on the person of Jesus, yeah. so that. Anyone who is in Christ can rest assured Mm -hmm. knowing that that judgment for their sin Mm -hmm. has already taken place. It happened to Christ on the cross. And then we see in Revelation 6.12 that when Christ returns that – so in Revelation 6.12, when he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood. Then Romans eight twelve, the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so the third of their light might be darkened. So again we see this darkening Mm -hmm. when there is judgment. And then Matthew twenty four, talking about this, makes it even clearer. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened mm. and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. He's talking about this judgment that the Lord is talking mm-hmm. about here with mm-hmm. Joel is a foretaste of the judgment when the Lord returns. Yeah. And we saw this judgment take place as well with Jesus yeah. on the cross. Yeah. So that the end of verse 16 can be true. Yes. Yeah. That the lord is a refuge to his people a stronghold to the people of israel Mm. and one is an israelite not by circumcision of the flesh but by circumcision of the heart that's right so if you are in christ the true israelite you Mm. are considered god's people israel so this coming judgment is not just god saying hey the nation of israel my dispensationalist friends aren't going to like this. Is not <laughs>
1: sorry, sorry, Jimmy. <laughs>
0: yeah, is not God saying, "Hey, the nation-state of Israel mm-hmm. is going to be um, saved, and all of the other physical nations out there are going to be judged." Mm-hmm. This of what's happening with the nation of Israel and what's happening with its enemies, mm-hmm. God is making a parallel, mm-hmm. and He's saying that, "All right, my people are going to be preserved, and their enemies, which here happen to be Tyre and Sidon, yeah. Philistia." So, but their enemies are going to be judged. And so now we see Christ on the cross taking that judgment. And for all those who are in him, they're preserved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we see what we just read in, about Matthew and in Revelation, how when Christ returns, that judgment upon his enemies is going to take place and the sun will be darkened.
1: Yeah. It's the day, the day of the Lord, yeah. right? Which is is an exciting thing. And we are not called – we're obviously commanded we're, we're to our refuges in the Lord. But we are not called just to sit idly by, and I want to be careful that we're not just this idea of like we just kind of sit on our duffers and like the Lord's got this, yeah. Um, and even you know this this imagery in Joel three of war and and spears and swords, painted against the backdrop Ephesians six, right? So it says in eleven, put on the full armor of God, right? So this is what we're to do as Christians, rather than just sit around. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the, of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, hmm. against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may resist, you may be able to resist the evil one. And having been prepared to stand, take your stand. Yeah. And so, this idea of the Lord is our refuge, and we are to rest in Him as His people, right? But we're not just to, to like, be waiting around aimlessly, but rather prepare for spiritual warfare, Yeah, right? Not just a, a physical, like, let's get our, our plows, or beat them to swords, or buy more guns and ammo, but rather, like, spiritually be preparing, put on the armor, be praying, be in the Word, be in fellowship, know the truth. So... We are to be active in our part of what the Lord's called us to, knowing that the victory and all those things are are squarely in the Lord's camp. He's got that taken care of. Mm. But we are to be obedient to what He's called to, in um, the authority and the positions that He's placed us in. So. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's good, man. All right. Guys, if you have any other questions, um, please feel free to send them in. Go over to simpletheology.org, or you can email us at info at simpletheology.org. You can find all of our contact info at the website. You can see our social media stuff there as well. If you want to see past episodes, yeah, it's also there.
1: No matter what you ask. Robert will have to read it, and we'll have to uh, deal with it.
0: That's not true. So. But if you do have a good question, let us know. We plan, Lord willing, on finishing out Joel next week, and then potentially dropping a bonus episode. We'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll see if it. the Lord okay. wills Santa Lord allows. So, question, Rob yeah, what's question.
1: A, what's a topic you wouldn't touch for, like, oh dude, you wouldn't even
0: go there. I don't know right now. You have to give me a minute to think. All right, we got a second. No, now. we don't have a second. Would, <laughs> ask would. me next episode.
1: Well, you're gonna, you're gonna remember it. probably not, but okay. at least I
0: might have a little bit of time to think about it. What's one you, you, you wouldn't touch?
1: You got I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Oh, okay. Come on now. <laughs> um, I don't like. There's probably not, there's probably not a thing I wouldn't touch because I don't. There's a lot of things I wouldn't touch because I don't know enough about them. Yeah. But if I had time, I would read up on them, figure it out, not f- figure it out, but learn about it. Mm. But I can't think of one thing that I would, like. There's. I'm not even. I wouldn't even touch on yeah. that at
0: all and thankfully it's because i shouldn't say it's because at least part of it is because of our ecclesiology <laughs> like if i were to say yeah. something silly it's yeah. not like the sbc is going to be like mm. our official denomination position is against this so therefore yeah. get out of here uh, i mean it might have something really like baptism in the SBC anyway so <laughs> but you're non-denominational, so it's not like there's a overarching
1: it's not like there's elders or anything coming, or the congregation well, that has authority over me or anything well, that's like that why our
0: ecclesiology is good <laughs> in my mind it is say so that as humbly as i can i am pretty convinced that her theology is good <laughs> or ecclesiology yes. is good but yeah. i'll have to say yeah if you were to say something then be the elders or your congregation you yeah. would not have to worry about an uh, entity head yeah. coming in and telling you to pack up shop
1: yeah i don't think i would like that
0: i would not that's why we can touch any topic <laughs> what not, that we will, we can't be not that we will not that we will I think we pretty much just said we would, like we. I said we could. Well, we we kind of said we would. Though. I'm not totally convinced that we will. All right, well, there are a lot of you guys send in
1: requests we'll or throw.
0: Yeah. All right, y'all. Peace out. Peace.